Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! And welcome back to the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. What's I'm, poppin'? I'm Edward. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? How I hope you guys are doing chilling. I hope Japan's doing okay. Uh, with the fucking uh, earthquake scares and stuff. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Kind of happened again. Kind of postponed a New Japan show, but they were able to finish out and now set up finals for the New Japan Cup. I do not know who's in the finals. I haven't spoiled myself, but I know for sure... That the Osprey and Finley match is awesome. And Shingo and Evil, like, unless you hate, like, Bullet Club shenanigans, maybe the match might take that away from you. But sometimes I'm fine with some goofy Bullet Club shenanigans. And Attack on Titan uh, aired about half of its new episode last week. Well, it, like, aired 19 minutes of it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, it sliced, and then it just, like, it cut off broadcast. So, like... Like a freaking like pirate site. Oh, I can't remember whatever. Wherever like all of us watch our attack on Titan, unless it's on Crunchyroll. But I don't know if like Crunchyroll or um, Crunchyroll or Hulu because Hulu's pretty good on that. Yeah, like literally, Hulu's got that shit next day on for fucking English subs on Monday. So that's pretty dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. But for sure, it's like yeah, no, I know for sure one of the sites I was at basically. Got that shit cut off, kind of like right as like in the middle of it, mm-hmm. but with a spicy scene. I don't know if you watched that episode. No, when I heard that it didn't, that's um, why I'm not gonna say much anymore. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to watch it in full. I was literally about to watch it uh, from my source, but and then, then I'm I just heard like, about bro. it. Wait, did you hear from me? Was I the one to break the news, or did the whole? <laughs> no, you broke the news. Like really, literally went when you said, sent it to me that I was gonna watch it because around that time is when uh, the my source gets it uploaded. So I was going to be like, okay, it's AOT time. I'm actually going to be responsible and watch it early this week. And then God or Earth plate tectonics is like, LMAO, nope. Nope, bro. So obviously, listeners, today we are not here with an Attack on Titan review like we have done in the past. But we are here today with a very horrible substitution. I don't know why we were hanging out. We felt the pressure to decide to watch something. We couldn't figure out, but I know from like dealing with all this reality garbage television, we decided to watch Parental Control, and that was a horrible decision. It was a fucking horrible decision. Like, literally, the episode I picked was really bad. Oh, it was so bad. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I hated this episode like how Jonathan Davis used to hate new metal. Like, I was just like, when I was watching it today, I was just like, fuck, bro. God damn it. I hope this is good content for you listeners. Oh, dude. Because believe me, this kind of fucking really sucked. I'm sitting there like, dude, I was watching something really awesome with Attack on Titan. And yes, natural disasters are a fear and they do happen in Japan. So this does suck, but that means we get two episodes tomorrow. Yeah. Which 
That's some spicy shit, bro. That's really good. That's gonna be like super spicy. So next week, because then like yeah, like the fucking next week, because next week would be the finale, right? Mm-hmm. Next week is the finale of coincidentally that and Daisy Love for us. So no, no. Well, when we come back next week, we're reviewing the two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the week after. Oh, right. I'm sorry. That's what I mean. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So next week, yeah, times are weird for me. Times yeah. are weird. Like obviously. We wish we would do the finales at the same time. Actually, no. I would rather like ha- get, spend a good no, moment. Be, no, because I'm gonna, talking about yeah. the AOT finale. We're gonna. Sp- I'm gonna. Sp- I know. I'm gonna want to talk a, a quite a bit about that. Oh, when we'll, it we'll go hard, bro. We'll, we'll go, go hard. hard. We'll go hard, bro. Hard, bro. Hard, bro. But yeah. Well, what was your week like? My week. Oh, you just don't want to get into parental control. You know, maybe the listeners want to want to want to know a little bit about. Okay, us. fine. We'll take like we're thirty nine episodes. We're forty episodes into this thing. Okay, listeners, don't worry. And remember, I always have timestamps in the beginning if you just want to skip through. But if you're curious about my week, busy working six ten six ten hour shifts, it's hard. If for some reason this week I wasn't like just going home and crashing out, there's a lot of me hanging out and just only getting like six to seven hours a night, Ooh. and I'm just like fuck, bro. Been I- there before. Yeah, like, but six days out of the week is kind of fucking dub. But mm-hmm. we were rearranging things. We got back to jamming again because I've been stuck to kind of recording. Mm-hmm. But now, as I said, we're back to jamming, and that's when I think all my shitty habits are back. So, but this next week, I think I'm going to do a lot more chilling. But I think a good news for me, I might be able to get the vaccine next week. Oh, wow, nice. That's badass. Yeah, I know. I'm just sitting there like, bro. So there is that, but other than my work week, just was been working, bro. Mm-hmm. Been surviving. I just know tomorrow, once I'm all sudden done with this podcast, I'm crashing the fuck out yeah. after some jammy jams with the boys too. Yeah, I am. Um, I have a three day weekend this week, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I've been enjoying it. It's been oh nice. fuck. I just know I saw the memes. On fucking muster point memes page where you're like literally it's just oh, sitting where people where it's like yeah. the hilarious thing where it's like, oh my god, it's like Friday with me, but then it's as the cryptic freaking like dude from Lord of Rings, where it's just like Fridays have no power in this realm. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck, bro, I'm feeling it. Uh, but that OT check that I'm getting next week, yeah, it's I'm gonna be def- fat. I'm gonna be feeling that and I'm gonna go like whoo hoo 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 hoo. Uh, one of the cool things I did was I watched this whole interview with Jonathan Davis just mentioned how he And also my hates. stimmy hit, too. So oh, start. yeah. We got our stimulus checks. I got mine, too. That yeah, was nice. I know. So I'm just sitting there. The first thing like, I did was pay rent. <laughs> that's right. First thing I did with my stimmy, how to get new tires. Because I oh, went to yeah. the tire shop, and it was like, it's you should get new tires. I'm like, let me check the bank. Stimmy hit? Fuck it. I'm down. Let's get new tires, bro. I'm like, I shouldn't. But at the same time, it's like, ah, it's fuck, it's new tires. How much that set cost you? It was like four fi- four fifty. Mm-hmm. Four hundred fifty bucks, but dude, that's new tires. Yeah, it's new tires. All around. That's not new, but that's not too bad. I've seen new tires depending on the car go from like I've seen them go get up to eight hundred to a grand sometimes, depending Bruh. on the car. Bruh. But yeah, I was watching this interview, John Day was talking about how he used to, doesn't too much anymore, how he used to hate new me- the term new metal because, uh, you know, he was like, you know, because, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're like a bunch of like uh, hip hop and stuff. And uh, Jonathan Davis, it's funny listening to him talk about stuff like he likes metal, but his favorite stuff isn't even really new metal. He likes like electronic and old goth stuff, you know, like 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 Christian death. His well, favorite band, I think I heard him say somewhere is Duran Duran. Oh, that's fucking sick. Yeah, well, that's the thing about fucking 
new metal, bro. Freaking new metal is like definitely this weird freaking bastard child of like the mix of all kind of what was going around in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking, cr- it's like it's like to some people, it's all fucking cringe mm-hmm. of like new metal. But new metal tried to play goth, which also in the turn with goth was industrial. Yeah, but they also wanted to do fucking skater culture, which there was rap underground rap was like a fucking yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and like rap music was getting like huge and shit and freaking yeah yeah and and, and it became it was all the fucking night it was like mid 90s like a clock a cl- the clock it was an acclimation because like, yeah oh acclimation an acclimation of all that was kind of going on in the 90s rap goth and it sucked, metal and it sucked for him because uh you know he he probably won't surprise you Jalen Davis was bullied a lot as a kid and, and people teased him for Bakersfield is a very rough town it really is and you know he liked a lot of that gossip new romantic type stuff and he wore he wore eyeliner yeah, stuff yeah i think so. the fucking very jockey town of Bakersfield most likely yeah, exactly. is fucked with and and there, there's a song on the first album called faggot and it's because when he cuz he used to he used to like to wear eyeliner and stuff and the jocks gave him a hard time about it but when he when he was chilling with like sex art and then when the other guys were in LAPD and then they eventually came together and Corn was getting their names out and they were they were like homies with the Deftones and stuff because I forget Deftones have been around since like 88 but their first record came out in like 95 I think but um and they were homies with them and uh you know they kind of tones is weird and deftones also deftones, deftones was, is technically part of the new metal thing but they're, they're like they're, not new metal at all dude but they're part of that scene let's just yeah. say it. they're just like they might not be specifically in tone and sound but like literally as that scene of bands mm-hmm. yes especially in that california scene because i'm sure like corn was playing because basically basically both those bands were getting mad hate so yeah. obviously they were playing shows together and it sucked for john davis because they had been able to like main because uh no one had no one except for rap obviously but in metal you know there weren't like a lot of bands being as blunt and about uh, like corn about like pain and stuff like that so they were able to kind of create a community of like refugees outcasts and misfits but then you know they get popular and then some time between the second album life is peachy and the third album uh uh, follow the leader which is the one that had you know freak on a leash on it that's when he said all the copycats started showing up and he said it sucked because those same like dickhead like machismo jock guys that made fun of him in school now now ironically they're the guys listening to corn fuck they're (laughs) yeah they're the ones listening to his shit and he's like fuck dude and plus in jonathan davis's mind he never saw corn as a metal band because yeah, you know, because in his own words, he's like, you know, metal band was like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, and you know, and we weren't anything. They like definitely that. weren't sound like Iron Maiden <laughs> or Judas Priest. And then, and then record labels when they were going on their old old tours. See, now they can choose to do whatever they want because they've always been a weird eclectic band. That's why when they tour with Baby Metal, they're they're down with it because it's like, well, fuck, dude. Who cares? It's fun. But back then, you know, they opened up for like KMFDM, No Doubt, Pennywise, and Megadeth. Like record labels didn't know what to do with them. So it's this weird thing. Now he doesn't care, but he said he used to he used to get so pissed at people calling them new metal because it's and it's kind of gotta suck, you think, right? Because you work hard, you're creating this unique thing, and then people and then people lump you in, lump you in a box with, with like jockhead douchebags that gave you a heart. Yeah, bumping limp biscuit and shit too. And he said there were some good bands too but it's just like when he thinks of new metal he just thinks of Fuck, bad wasn't music. there also like a freaking thing too what didn't he get pissed with sepultura when roots came out too 
I don't think so because they're friends. I, they're friends. Actually, yeah. funny you mentioned that. I saw for the first time. I didn't know this happened. One time, uh, I don't know if the singer for for Sepultura joined them or other way around, but they played Roots once. Corn did with the singer for the current singer for Sepultura. And you want to know the funniest thing about that? Yeah. And they use their own instruments and their own sound, but bro. It sounds like a corn song. When corn plays it, it sounds like they could have written it. Yep. Like fuck. But yeah, no. Uh, so I felt kind of bad for him when when you when you look at it like that, especially when it's like you know that'd be weird, right? You know the people that bully you are now your biggest fans. They're jocking you and stuff. It's just weird and, and, perspective, and, bro. Weird and it, perspective. And he's talking about all the phonies and fakes, and I'm like, huh? You know what? This just reminds me of what a dick Rob Flynn is. <laughs> To tie it all back to that, because he was one of those copycats. Yeah, no, and like freaking, yeah. Oh, he was a major copycat. He was copying Pantera at first, and then he tried to freaking was trying to copy new metal. Yeah, and then one last like obviously he was with the fucking Godfather new metal producer. So I'm sure yeah, when yeah, he yeah. got lumped with him to write songs. He's going to be writing new metal songs. And then one last just quick funny corn thing, and then we'll move on to parental control here. I guess at one point upon a time, Limp Biscuit covered Ministry Steves. And Corn's friends with... Weird. What? What? Weird. <laughs> yeah, Limp Biscuit covered that song. It's and, the 90s. Uh, I'll spare it. And uh, Jonathan Davis, you know, he's friends with Fred Durst and stuff, but like he remembered uh, all... He said all the kids at that point were like, you know, oh, I love that Limp Biscuit song, Thieves. And he said, quote unquote, that shit used to make my blood boil i'm like that's so disrespectful the ministry i said i said i wanted to punch all those fans in the face it made me want to punch fred in the face that's hilarious so that was funny well i could do another quick like stick on freaking 90s metal i went and tried to listen to fuck i was like literally bored one night mm -hmm. and i just was like in my spotify recommendations and like from like a 90 metal 90s metals recommendation i listened to typo negative oh what do you think one, I was getting very fooled around because one, I could tell like <laughs> this band is like definitely typo negative. It was a weird band. Yes. Because forget like they what, built black number, black number, whatever that their main song that Beavis a Butthead like roasted and shit. Yeah. That's like an 11 minute song. And I was not prepared for it to be an 11 minute song because when it was going on, I was literally sitting there. I'm like, when does this song fucking end? How long has it been going? <laughs> it has to be near the end. And I realized, wait, it's an 11 minute song. I've been fucking sitting here for nine minutes listening to this thing. <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? But then the next song just sounds like a fucking carnivore song. I'm just like, what? This is <laughs> typo negatives becoming very weird with me, bro. But I could here. Let me describe this in a way. Sure. Remember when I told you when I listened to Morrissey? Yeah. And his music and his tone and his voice just sounds like sexual harassment. Yeah. Or just that guy that just leaves like a bunch of texts, but then once you don't respond, he just calls you a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's the like, that's the thing with Morrissey. How do I put this with typo negative? Like the first opening song hearing women moans and then he starts going, uh, I'm just sitting there's like, this guy seems like he has too much sex. <laughs> like he can't control. It's sex addict music. Like he can't control how much he has sex, how much sex he has. It's like almost like, it's like a problem that he is not in control of. That's what the music sounds like to me. This guy sounds like he has too much sex. Typo Negative is a band that I've never... He has never... a song called My Girlfriend's Girlfriend. And I'm like, how do you find yourself in this situation? Like, I don't know if I want to find shit. myself in that situation. Oh, it, like, man. listening to Typo Negative, I'm just sitting there as like, bro, 
You might be having too much sex. Type one negative is an odd band to me because I've been recommended like, them yeah, by so st- many people, but like I've never like actually like given them the full chance. Here's the thing: but it's they're like, kind of a cult classic. Here's I the guess. thing: it's like they're so quiet because when he's just sitting there, it's like a trick or treat. I'm just like I'm blasting <laughs> it on like the 25. I'm like, and then once like the instruments come in, it's like it's so fucking loud. Quit being so fucking quiet. <laughs> black, black. But uh, Nine Inch Nails did it. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. go. Oh. Typo Negative is that kind of band where, you know, the, it's got a, not small, but it's got a dedicated fan base. That's a band that people just go really hard for. Yeah, the Typo Negative. Like Mudvayne. Yeah, Typo Negative, basically, you could put it in that vein where it's like, hey, they were playing with, like, they were able to, tour, like, 90s thing. They were able to tour with, Ma- they are like that band they toured with Megadeth. But Everyone they're also- fucking toured with Megadeth. Like, if you're an up-and-coming metal band, you tour with Megadeth. Yeah, like, there's that tone and stuff, too. But at the same time, it's like, they also were pretty goth. And, like, Peter yeah. Steele was, like, fuck goth sex icon most likely he can't control how much sex he is having he's a pretty good looking guy honestly bro he he posed for fucking playgirl bro he, wait he, he did yeah i didn't know that yeah no he fucking <laughs> showed his cock on magazine he was a fucking hot boy male model oh, maybe that's man. what we should listen to we should listen to fucking typo negative or something after uh after iced earth oh no we'll get to iced earth i got some fucking words for that thing all right all right let me get the time stamp in is it time for parental control yes because i could really i would really prefer to just talk about how much i love how much i simp for corn we we could talk about 90s fucking alt music all we can fucking want but we fucking watched this episode yeah and that's in the goal to talk about it so, and it fucking sucked to watch it, so I want to fucking talk about it. So I don't know. I have no notes. I hope you have good bullet points. Oh, I don't Tell have me bullet about point. this I don't fucking have, shitty show. Oh, I don't have bullet points. I have notes. You have notes. No, listen. I, you fool. I don't know if... But I was the idiot that, that like decided to watch this. Fuck. I, I, was, I wanted to do another album. Because that's easier. But you were like, oh, no, bro. We got to watch a show, bro. I'm, I was down to just do Iced Earth and then Daisy. We do a quick, easy podcast. Oh, no. But you, you were like, oh, bro, we got to do the rule of three, bro. Got to do the rule of three. We got we to gotta fucking do show and then album, then show. Maybe next time when we run into this issue, we should discuss things earlier in the week, not the night prior. <laughs> not right before we're going to go to band practice. Yes, and then I have to go to bed in like... two uh, Less than two hours? Yeah, like an hour. I was like supposed to be in bed an hour ago. <laughs> All right, so parental control. How the, does Bad Boy start? I don't know. I don't know if we've been listening long enough for people to have their favorite of uh, the two of us, but if, but if you like me, this... Sorry, listeners, coming back. For some reason, yeah. this wasn't actually my freaking security program. For some reason, Cubase decided to have an audio dropout. But sorry, listeners, we are back. Yes. So I was trying to say, if if you have your favorites of the two of us and you like me, this is going to be the segment for you because this show pissed me off and I want to yell about it. Okay, so at 30 seconds in, I was already thinking to myself. How did this show start? Who were the people we were introduced to? Okay, check it. So I just know the fucking D-bag boyfriend, Brian. Wait. Maybe you should talk about parental control. What is this show? This is a show. This is a show where two parents have a daughter and they hate their boyfriend. They hate their daughter's boyfriend enough that they were contacted by MTV or they contact MTV to help them 
set up cameras. Yeah. And also get let them choose new suitors for their daughter and yeah. let them go on dates and then make them do- make their daughter choose possibly a new boyfriend or yes. still hang out with her dirtbag boyfriend. Yes, as I have here in my notes, the way the show works, they set her up on two blind dates against her will, by the way, with guys they handpicked in MTV Studios, allegedly, to hopefully make for better options, even though in most of the cases, especially this one, she seems like she's in a perfectly happy relationship. Oh, and also... While the girls are on the date, the bad boyfriend sits with the parents in the room as they watch the date happen live via television. And that's our show. This shit is so... This is about as old school trash TV as it gets. We're talking loud, obnoxious music, camera cuts every two to four seconds, shallow, contemptible people. We meet the parents. uh, This is an African-American family. There's a man named named Alonzo who installs air conditioners, he said. His ex-wife, Ramona, who hosts a TV, uh, a a radio talk show. They love their daughter, but there's just one thing holding her back. Her boyfriend, Brian. Which Brian, as they're describing him, these parents, as a Snoop Dogg wannabe, and with this slurred voice going, hey, for Rizzle my Nizzle, y'all. Oh, this is how we meet him. The camera cuts to a pair of shoes in front of the camera. The shoes part, and he goes, and then the dad says something to the effect of, he is a Snoop Dogg wannabe. And just... It's the most vapid piece of shit in this fucking planet. And then, oh, oh, and then the theme song. I thought Rock of Love was bad. This shit. I'm not making you sing the theme. Oh, I wasn't. There's no. It's just music. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. So the way this shit starts is it plays some fucking like time period correct, like generic radio rock. And it looks like some high school notebook shit. It's like a pop punk. Like, just think generic pop punk video for the time with two girls playing guitar and drums. And there's, like, text that comes on the screen. This is verbatim the text. Meet mom and dad. Their little angel and her loser boyfriend. Her parents hate the boyfriend, dot, dot, dot. So, they're taking control. Parental control. Ah, so we meet Tiffany and in her introduction, she says, what's up, everybody? My name's Tiffany and my boyfriend's name is Brian. He's ultra cool, super hip. And everyone says he looks like someone famous. All right. Do you see the agony in my eyes right now? Oh, no. Boy, I cringed when you like they said that. Like, oh, he looks like someone famous. I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. The freaking like the, the freaking title for this YouTube video already said it. Her dad's like her dad's like he is a Snoop Dogg wannabe. And we see Brian say morpho shizzle shit. And he's like, he's, he's broke, unemployed, and he's going nowhere, literally, because he ain't got no car. And the mom chimes in. And he goes, he does when he steals mine. And I'm like, what the he steals her and then they show footage of this motherfucker stealing her car I guess he just gets into this random parked car I'm like what the fuck and then Alonzo's like just completely nonchalant like it's nothing like he's reading off a fucking grocery list he's like he may have stole your car but he ain't gonna steal our girl I'm like, fuck you. So ultra cool, ultra hip B-Rides committing Grand Theft Auto. If that, assuming this is real, 
Why wouldn't you get him arrested instead of getting on a crappy MTV show? Yeah, and then there's also the issue that freaking, like, he's always getting, like, phone calls that he's ignoring when oh, hanging yeah. out with. I can't remember the daughter's name. Tiffany. Hanging out with Tiffany, and then he's always texting, but when Tiffany is being suspicious and look over while he's texting, he always deletes the text. So, he could be also pulling infidelity on the side. Kind of a total scumbag. Yeah. If this is what we're presented to us. And then the mom goes, he's an FBI, full-blooded idiot. I'm like, I fucking hate this. This is less than a, this is a minute into the show. Oh, no, believe me. I this texted like, you. And that's I was, like five cringes already I right texted there. you and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I'm like, and I told you, have some big pee-pee energy. Oh, I got Get some. Get hard I and got do hard, this thing. I got hard like I'm a titan. So then we meet, um, so at this point, um, they, the parents say some cr- more cringy shit. Then they make fun of his hair, and apparently he sheds or he's going bald or whatever. I don't care. They're like just and, cracking jokes about his hair because he like yeah. combs his hair, but they keep finding hair gnats all over the house. And then the mom and dad are just like, mom's like, you're no you're no longer welcome in our Izzy. And Alonzo says, faux sheezy, my kneezy. So, so now we're at MGV Studios, you guys, and they meet the potential boyfriends. Some regular looking fools mostly, but then this one pop, punk rock looking mofo. Oh, you mean the rockabilly guy? The rockabilly guy, yeah. So then they interview some peeps. Uh, you know, they're like, well, what do you do? And we get shit like internet researcher. One guy, one guy tries to be clever and say the mom looks like Vivica Fox. One dude's an athlete majoring in psychology. One dude's starting a business. One guy's an assistant editor. One's a guy taking cinema psycho billy dj one works at a pet store one says he's a crime fighter because he saved the dog once i guess so then they ask like what's their spirit animal and like yeah white guy says black panther other dudes like we get koala bear lizard raccoon and then they make them start we get a cut of them acting like animals yes because then the parents ask them hey Act out your spirit animal. Yeah. Which I don't know this is a question for the parents to say. I feel like this is some cringy shit that MTV fed them. Yes. But we watched these dudes act like fucking idiots trying to be their fucking spirit animal. I have never in my wildest dreams seen a Wikipedia page for a reality show be more blunt. The first, This show has a Wikipedia page. The first sentence is, Parental Control is a heavily scripted reality show on MTV. I'm like, you. F- oh, Man. really? I couldn't tell, bro. So yeah, it's a whole bunch of shit. I'm not gonna do everything. It's just a whole bunch of, just a bunch of cuts of dudes going like, like elephants and shit. Whatever. What? So black they're dude like goes, all looking. Ow, ow. Yeah, they're all looking stupidly fucking good. Then the next question they ask him is, all right, Baskin Robbins is coming out with an ice cream named after you. What's it name and what's in it? Like, what the fuck does this have to do with your daughter? And then Alonzo is like, all right. Show me your moves. Flirt with Ramona. You know, his ex-wife. Yes. So he he literally asked these dudes, all right, now then, show me your moves. I want you to flirt with my ex-wife. How much of a... What do you do? And a lot of the stuff that these guys do are total fucking fails. Oh, my God. The guy that said he was a crime fighter took off his shirt at one point. It's like, what the fuck is this? But... Yeah, no. Yo, goofy television, bro. And at this, so and so they make their selections and stuff, whatever. And by the time that everything I just said's over, 
It's been six minutes. There is 13 minutes left in this show. That's at best six minutes of development time for each thing. This is shit. Fuck. So Tiffany meets the first guy, Donovan. He's the guy I said that's an athlete studying psychology. He meets them. It's awkward. They go on their day. He gets them a limo and they go to Beverly Hills and drink cider. Yes, they, they literally like, so, hey, what's the, so, wait, what was the fuck, what were the, who was the dad's first guy? Was it the dad's? No, this was the mom's. So this is the mom's pick. Yeah. Um, Donovan. Donovan. And his hot date is, hey, let's go for a cool limo drive and we're going to go to Rodeo Drive to every fucking bougie shop all around. To go have some dinner. They don't actually. Or munchins. Yeah, yeah, I say they don't actually go in the shop. They just look at him and point and go, ooh. And then, yeah, they go eat lunch. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, bro, this is just like too much money. This is like too price. This is like too much of a price range I'm not fucking with. I've actually heard Cafe Roma is a good place to eat. Yes, but fucking Louis Vuitton shop. I'm staying away from there. <laughs> and then this shit is so fucking rushed, dude. I mean, of course it is. It's only a, well, the actual runtime is only like 28 minutes because, you know, commercials. So this shit goes by so fast. They're in the restaurant. I, I thought Brett went to this sh- place at one point and it's, their br- relations- it's fucking LA, bro. They could be using, you know, reusing a lot of shots and maybe these restaurants yeah. do enjoy being B-roll, shot at. B-roll footage. But yeah, so they, so they go to the restaurant and the relationship has no time to develop. Like we're talking less than a minute and he's already saying stuff like, you know, hey. I'm kind of feeling you, you know, you're kind of feeling me. He's like, can I have a kiss? And then she kisses him on the cheek. I'm like, what no, the f- or was like, no, he kisses her on the cheek. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And she was like, hey, can I have a kiss? I'm like, you're coming off a little strong. A little strong. I don't know. You got any notes with the freaking parents dealing with Brian? And it's just a, it's just a whole bunch of like, like oh man, yo ass is gone. There, I wrote here, there was one genuinely funny line in this whole show because uh, her dad tells Brian... You know, if he get, if Tiffany gives him a kiss, your ass is out the door. And then he's like, yeah, whatever. He calls him fat or whatever. And then Alonzo's like, uh, and Alonzo's like, everyone's fat to you. You ever had more than 50 pounds on your body? And Brian looks at his dad and goes, how much does Tiffany weigh? That was funny. That actually made me pause and laugh. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Brian <laughs> came off as a savage sometimes. No, he had some good lines. Because like these parents lie. keep saying stupid shit. Oh. Your ass is gone. Like, cr- like you're gonna be out the house. The most, look at that. She's so happy. It's, I don't know. Look how at to, that. You scared? Because like, that's what a real man looks like. I don't know how to say you're this. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't know how to say this except for how I'm about to say it right now. They were the most just stereotypically cliche black parents you ever saw on TV. They were sassy. They had a bunch of one-liners. The dad and stuff. wore a fedora. The dad wore a fedora, and, and this is jumping ahead. But later on in the episode, he says something, and Brian's like, "Oh yeah." Just, say that to Indiana Jones when you took his hat. I kind of not going to lie. I kind of like Brian. A little <laughs> bit. So they get home from this very boring day. This really boring day. With a good with a good meal. Yeah. Like so maybe I'm sure they a, paid for it. MTV did, I mean. Yes. So thank you, MTV, for feeding these freaking poor, like, young people. Yes. So then they get home. Now we meet Curtis. I don't really remember too much from his interview, this Curtis guy. I, I just, just know remember- during the flirt things, he said, I know what it takes to be a real man. Cool, bro. He had like big eyebrows. He had huge ass fucking eyebrows. He was a pretty. He was a pretty ripped dude. Yeah, he's in good shape. Good looking guy. Honestly, he's most likely your freaking NPC porn star character. 
you could just insert them everywhere and it works. Oh man. So they go on their date and they go not it's not rock. Age climbing. of forty seven, but black. Oh my god. What's, With bigger what, eyebrows. What's the what's the shit they did? Because it wasn't rock climbing. There's a name for that. Oh no, they just went to some fucking obstacle obstacle op, obstacle course. Hubba, vocal course. Hubba, 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 hubba. The show makes you stupid. A hubba hubba course. And hubba, hubba, like, hubba. she and like later that she, <laughs> Tiffany's just goes like, I am not ready to do physical activities. <laughs> I am not ready to climb this stretcher. <laughs> oh, this guy is just like boom, boom, boom. It's yeah, like, boom, let's go, bro. Like he's not like that hype, but yeah, that he's pretty hype. And he's Tiffany's pretty hype. like, bro, you're throwing a little too much at me, guy. And then there's a point, and then there's a point where like they get to the top, they talk for a bit. Both guys make a point to trash talk Brian a bit, but then there's a point where he's like, I'm gonna jump. The, you know, they're suspended by harnesses, like, but there's a asks, ring across like, he the He just way. says like, Hey, has your boyfriend ever took you out on a date like this? No, I don't think he's ever taken me anywhere. I'm just like. Yeah, but also I don't think a lot of people have like but date budgets of MTV. Yeah, so and when you're young dumb people with that's poor, you don't have MTV budgets for hot of, dates. I'm trying to think of the most expensive place I ever took a girl. I think it was probably Quarter Deck. Quarter Deck, fuck. Over in uh, AG. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think the most expensive spot. Me and Karen. You ever took I- Karen? Well, I remember freaking like Valentine's pre like. Now I'm not a cheap guy. If a girl wants to go somewhere, I will. But like, I don't want it to be like my fucking brother, where it's like, where it's simp mode, where it's like steak and lobster meals well, every like, other week. Yeah, like I remember Valentine's, we went to like McClintock's, a fucking steakhouse. Oh, you got like, the steak special? Yeah, I got like a hundred, spent a hundred bucks, but that's pretty common. Like, I think our six month, I spend like a good seventy five out of freaking like. That's spot to me. In that's fine though, because that's, that's a special occasion. I'm gonna tell you right now. Going hot dates and munching at good spots, you're going to be spending 75 Sure, but you shouldn't be doing that like every day all the time. I am not every day all the fucking time. <laughs> I work every day so I can- Every act. day, yeah. So I work every day so maybe I could do something special like that. <laughs> but so, it's usually fun. So but I'm not also going out getting a fucking hotel with that too. Oh. Well, your cringy before, brother. Before I start roasting my oldest brother here, let's um, get back to the show. I'm cringing to death. By the way, I wrote I wrote that here in my notes as they're talking. And there's a point where he's gonna like jump to a ring. He's like, if I make it, you give me a kiss. Yeah, and this fucking uh, hemorrhoid ring that's just kind of like hanging God. out. I was gonna say it's a cock ring, but hemorrhoid ring's a little funnier. Yeah. So he jumps, he makes it, and then like I thought, okay, they're gonna give a little chastity kiss on the lips no they fucking make out like hardcore as shit like we're talking and i'm like and brian is just sitting there he's just like oh man what the fuck and the parents are doing fucking backflips they're just like yeah brian yeah your fucking ass is grass you freaking stupid dog wannabe it's like damn man so then they get so so then they get home and if it sounds like i'm rushing through this this is the pacing they get home. No, the show sucks. The Rush show through. sucks. Okay, fine. They get home. Everybody leaves, I guess, and then tips out to the camera. You know, Donovan's a nice guy and Curse is a lot of fun. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I need to make a decision. And then they call everybody into the parents' living room. And basically, she's like, you guys are all great guys, but I want all three of you to give me one last uh, reason why I should be with you. And Donovan just basically says, uh, we have a lot of chemistry. 
Like he says, ditch your boyfriend, but that's his whole thing. We have a lot of chemistry. Ditch your boyfriend. We have a lot of chemistry. And Curtis says, I'm a real, and I'm paraphrasing, but Curtis says, I'm a real man and I have a car. I'm a real man. I have a job and I have a car. And Brian says, not like this guy. And Brian just says, I'll be there for you and do anything for you, even if I have to change. And then that's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. And then she eliminates uh, Donovan. Donovan first. Because she doesn't say this, but the guy's a fucking square. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a honest. square. But and then because this is only a half hour show, then she's like, and then she's like, well, now it's time for me to decide. And then in her exact words, she ends up eliminating Curtis to stay with Brian because I feel you're more into your body than you're into mine. I'm like, what? 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 Huh? That's what she said. Yeah, I feel I like you're more about your body than mine. Like, what does that mean? Well, that means it's like... He, he was just getting hyped on doing some climbing. He wasn't like fucking... I'm trying to think of an example from like Daisy of Love or Rock of Love. But he wasn't like kissing his biceps and and, and, and doing the, 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 the pec bounce. Yeah, no. I think he just had too much of an active date and Tiffany was like... I am not me. I don't like to do stuff. I am like, I like my dates not being a full on friggin' like PE class. I like having dates just chilling, S- snuggling with Snoop Dogg wannabe while playing <laughs> PlayStation 2. I'm not, listen, I don't know how this is gonna sound, but bro, hot take snuggles are pog. That's right. They're pog. So yeah, the show ends, the parents are bummed, and then, and then like, yeah, Brian's just, it's like, they're just like, she still picks Brian, and Brian's like, well, whatever. I took your mom's keys. <laughs> Let's go to let's go let's go drive her car. Like literally, it was hilarious. Like earlier, because oh they were like God. roasting him about him, like taking her, like the mom's like car, oh, key yeah, cars, yeah. and stuff. And he literally was just says like, "Yeah, no, I'll take your, I'll yeah, no, I will take your free key cars in the safe place known as your purse." Yeah, and then before I was like, "Dude, and fuck!" Then be- and then before that, I forgot to write this down. He's either like, and also with the sketchy phone shit and stuff that yeah. they present, which is like, he's either a drug dealer. <laughs> or he's like doing other chicks, so he's a baby daddy waiting to happen. And the thing is, at is least like, his character. And I don't I for, know. He could be like yeah. he could be a Donovan bro. Friggin', he could be friggin' like Louis Vuitton friggin' manager. And the funny thing is, to me, I forgot to write this down, but there's a point where, where, where he says to his to uh, Tiffany's mom, he's like, hey, he basically says something like, if you didn't want your car stolen, you shouldn't have left your keys in your purse. That was it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, sure. It's like, hey, if you didn't want your car stolen, don't leave your keys in your purse. I'm like, so yeah, he says he'll change. And then at the end, she's like, promise me you'll put down the video games. And then I just cut it right there because I couldn't take like, it. Like, show's I done. I couldn't take anymore. Yeah, that was a pretty horrible show. But I think you did miss because, like, I have watched other episodes and usually when, like, the why? chick, that was just, I just couldn't figure out what to watch. <laughs> Not like today. Like, I watched a couple and realized the show sucks. I don't want to watch it. But there are hilarious stuff where I've watched, like, a chick. Yeah, with, like, the freaking parents who try to get their daughter and stuff. And literally when the chick would, like, eliminate a dude, they always would say something very insultive. It's like, well, your body's trash. Well, you're fucking got a personality of paper. Like, they all get defended and stuff. Like, these dudes were pretty, like, they had straight composure. Yeah. Like, they get eliminated. It's like, Dominic was like, oh, man, I thought she was kind of cool. I can't remember Curtis. If he, I think he, like, said stuff. He's like, whatever. Yeah. I got all this cool shit. I read one where apparently, it says on the Wikipedia page, I read one where apparently they, um, she chose someone, but then the guy broke up with her as soon as he chose her, and the parents chased him out of the house. 
or something. Whoa, fuck. You would think if, like, freaking you're sitting there and you're just, you're sitting there and, the, like, you see the lady kissing other dudes, it's like, bro, fuck. I don't know if I could trust this chick. I'm out of here. Yeah, right? But, yeah, that was that show. Um, I never want to watch it again. Yeah, lesson fuck learned. Fuck me. Lesson learned. We are not watching Parental Control again. Unless it's one of those things where this is just the random podcast that blows up and they're just like, ha, look at it, look at look at, look at, look at this dude yell about this, how dumb this old reality show is. And if people are just- Well, ju- boo-hoo, fuck them. We're not watching Parental Control again. <laughs> You're lucky we don't have a Patreon where we can be bribed to watching stuff. Oh, God. I'm too lazy to set up stuff like that. <laughs> That's right. We're not accepting your bribes. Unless you want to just donate to this podcast through my Venmo. Oh, my God. Ah, fuck. I'm too lazy to pull up the Venmo. Say, don't actually give them your Venmo. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that was that show. Now we get to talk about... This was so bad, it made Ice Ice Earth better. I mean, this is a good album anyway, but, like, it made it better. Yeah, remember how I was saying, you know what, I feel like this is, like, one of their best albums? Yeah, you told me this was peak. And I think nostalgia for me when listening, I was like, you know what, I think I remember all the courses being really fun and hooky. But... This fucking like album, butt. like, really sucked. It was so boring. Oh, I was really? not ready for it. Like, hissing. Musically, it's good. It's the same, same Ice Earth story. Mm-hmm. It's good music. But overall, it's just so boring. I want to listen to something else. I actually... Fuck, bro. I've, I find my opinion on Ice Earth, and I think I have settled. I know what my opinion on Ice Earth now. They are mostly meth, but when they have a good song, they have a really good song. Yeah, they have like the one good song and the rest is just meh. I know, man. That three-hour Live in Athens live album, they, I don't know, man. They love them in Europe. Bro, I've dealt with a fucking hour and 45 minute I Could you handle three? Headlining set in Germany? Yeah, no. <laughs> How about no? Go away. Headline uh, with fucking... Um, Sabaton opening up for them? That sounds like that's what the set would be, actually. Sabaton oh, I, opening up for Ice Earth. I have seen Sabaton and Ice Earth. That's the one time I've oh, seen yeah, Ice Earth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sabaton was a better set, and Ice Earth was an hour and 45 minutes. It was cool as a teenager to catch the set, but once it was sudden and done, I was ready to fuck off. I was also most likely dealing with, like, a... I was you were also, sick, right? Yes, I was sick dealing with a fever and stuff. So the name of the album is Horror um Show, Horror Show. I almost said Horror Story. It's Horror Show and all the songs are based off various uh, horror things. Let's take it through. First song's called Wolf, horror, based on Wolfman. Horror movie gimmicks. Yeah. Or horror movie villains. <clears throat> First song's or Horror wo- movie monsters. <laughs> yes. So yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Horror things. First song's called Wolf, based on Wolfman. Started slow and epic, then does this kind of cool thing where the guitars and drums come in. There's one thing I need to say about this album is Matt Barlow's vocals. I didn't know he could go that high. He hit some high notes in this record. Like, he went high on the other ones, but he, like, he, he was peaking some shit. Because I think, but here's the thing. Like, the first song started off with the fucking prog playing, and I'm just like, man, yeah. it has definitely been a minute since I listened to this, but I am not feeling this right now and then and then first song everybody minute in he hits you with fucking triplets yeah his, in the face his usual boring triplets and i'm just sitting there i was like all right is the song getting more ex- i think the triplets and i'm like all right is the song gonna get more exciting but then i think it's just it, it just was not going anywhere when the first song was done i just remember i was bored and i'm like i'm not ready for this and yeah, then like, it was uh oh sorry 
And then I like I took the rest of the album. I was bored, but we'll go by song by song. Yeah. I'll tell you how I felt. It was a pretty. I actually thought it was a pretty good song. The chorus was a double bass heavy sing along. Uh, at this point, it feels like Ice Earth has like finally fully embraced power metal, so it's pretty good. Song two is Damien, inspired by the O the Omen. It's a nine minute song that I wish wasn't nine minutes. Oh fuck! Here's the thing: production is great, and they got like you know the freaking sick epic shit because it's like they do oh, some different it's da- things. It's Damien about the Omen, so you got like the fucking like you know that like choirs, choir and shit. cult like freaking religiousisms. But I'll tell you how this song went too. Kind of boring. <laughs> My opinion, uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So it's it's a big bold epic sounding song. I wasn't as bored as I could have been. If that makes sense, oh, like God. I guess, like I guess, when you're singing about the son of Satan, you gotta go big or go home, right? Starts off epic choirs, pretty acoustic guitars, usual stuff. When the heavy guitars come in, it sounds good. The cheesy, there's a part in the middle where Matt, from Damien's perspective, gives this cheesy, evil speech about how Satan will make you suffer. Yes, I think I like palm. I like freaking like. Did you face palm? I face palm during that. <laughs> There's really nothing more to say except, you know, halfway through it becomes a different song for the bridge and solo bits and the outro with pianos and choirs. I mean, it's pretty riff soup. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you've heard us say riff soup a lot. For the people that don't know, James, what is riff soup? There's too many goddamn riffs in this damn song. (laughs) And literally, it's like, it's just more riffs. It's just literally, I think it's a very descriptive term. Like, I could pull up a fucking, like, proper term. I, I just, I use riff soup as... There's too many riffs, mm-hmm. and literally, it's just like, bro, you could made wit, you could like made other songs with this amount of riffs. <laughs> but yeah, it was so excessive. <laughs> but I guess like how you said, it started out one way and ended another way. Yeah. Like it's the fucking prog aspect. It's of pretty it. prog. Here's the thing. I think this album, I'm gonna say it was pretty prog. Yeah, really prog. Yeah, and I think that's why I was so bored. <laughs> You hate James Hayes. I don't know if you hate Prague, but you're not a fan. I'm not a fan. Now, if you count Phil, <clears throat> Gen- Phil Collins' Genesis, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but that's like their more poppy stuff than proggy stuff. They they did precisely one album when Phil Collins was the singer that was Prague. Everything after that was pretty much not Prague. Yeah. And, but the stuff before that, Peter Gabriel, that was super Prague. Oh, yeah. That was like old Yes stuff. Okay, so song three is Jack. It's about Jack the, Jack the Ripper, not Nicholson. Starts off fast, goes into mid Chase Chugger, I thought sounded kind of cool. Again, not much to say. I'm glad they followed up the nine minute song with this like four ish minute one. Um, you know, or or at least with something simple. The sinister evil acoustic bit gave way to a mid paced chug again. Um, I made a note here. I didn't know Barlow could go that high. It was all right. Track four is a weird one. It's How do I say this song? Yeah, kind of fucking boring for me. <laughs> Track four is a weird one. So it's the only one based on an original concept. It's called Ghost of Freedom. According to the track listing, it just says it's based on Barlow's own concept, which I guess the special edition of this came with an interview and he talks about it. I didn't look into what this was about, but I'm not going to lie. This one's a straight ballad and I liked it. I actually liked it a lot. Um, it sounded a little like Simple Man by Leonard Skinner in the beginning. I'm but- sure. I think it was like one of those things where I think it sounds good. I was also really bored. Track five. So another boring song. <laughs> Track five is called uh, Imhotep, based on The Mummy, not the Brendan Fraser one, the one from the 30s. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Starts off slow like it was, per- but it starts off slow in a way like it was purposefully made to have the crowd go, hey, 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 to it. 
When the vocals started, though, it sounded pretty good. Heavy, melodic, stays the same pace for the whole song, and unfortunately feels a little like filler. It's pretty. So it's all right. Another filler. boring song. Song six is Jekyll and Hyde. I heard someone say once that apparently it's supposed to be pronounced Jekyll, but I don't like that. Well, so. with Jekyll and Hyde, how'd this song go? Starts off uh, pretty with some sinister acoustics and stuff. Do you guys notice how a lot of his songs start? John Schaefer, they start off pretty and then they come in heavy. It's like rinse and repeat. Um, yeah, rinse and goes, repeat with the boredom, bro. And it's, and when this song, when the main riff kicks in, it goes so hardcore power metal. If you've been listening along to us with this album, you could probably hear it in your head. The bam, the bam, the bam, 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 the bam, the bam, the bam, the bam, the bam, bam, the bam. I appreciate these shorter songs because my opinion on long songs has always been: if you have a song longer than seven minutes, have it open your album, like old prog rock bands, like Rush or something, like with Twenty One Twelve, or have it at the end, unless you are explicitly a prog rock or metal band, because to me, well, at that I think I start as a prog rock and metal band, but they're not considered that. That's what's interesting to me. I'm hearing so much prog. They're just considered power metal and thrash metal. Yeah. Well, fucking they're playing fucking prog. There's I know that's what I was saying. I was so I, as we've been listening to this, I'm like, why are they not called a prog metal band? They totally fucking like. They're not the, like full proggy and freaking. They're not trying to like play like freaking weird time. Well, they are trying to play like a, a little, couple times. They're playing with some like finesse. Yeah, weird playing, especially with the drums. But literally, like these songwritings and fucking these long fucking run times, mm-hmm. very fucking prog oriented. And that's my thing. Like is you that- could also say, well, it's like, well, Metallica had long songs. That's what you're going to call them, prog? I'm like, no. Nope. They just wrote some really long songs. They just song. wrote long songs. Like, no, these guys are flexing their musicianship. Exactly. There's what, a sense of it, but they're trying to do it tastefully, not like super excessive where it's like, okay, now we're in just like. See, and that's my now thing. Now it's like, push up the glasses. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be a musician and listen to this. Sometimes you have to switch from a four five to a four from a four four to a six eight. If you know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, no, gag, okay. you know. <laughs> That's my thing. It's like when you, you have guys to- just go like ba 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 ba. You gotta go chicken pika pika pebo. Sometimes you gotta go from boom chicka boom to bound chicka bow. And that's my thing. It's like when you have bands like this that do songs like that, it's like it feels pretentious and bloated. And the progressive. I'm, I'm feeling Ice Earth is coming off pretentious and bloated and, the prog- and boring. And the progressive metal and progressive rock communities are already pretentious and bloated. So we don't need more of that. Yes. Songs- and it disgusts me. Like. It turns me pretentious in the other way, where it's like, bro, <laughs> I want some fucking meat. Song seven is uh, called "Dragon's Child," ba- child based on based off of Creature from the Black Lagoon, which that thing doesn't look much like a dragon to me. I'm gonna be I honest. I think th- this song. <laughs> what? What were you about to say? I was just. Oh no, I was just about to say I was disappointed by the song. <laughs> oh, I can't remember this one or Dracula is the awesome song. No, it's Dracula. Cause I may I may note of that in my in my notes. That song's fucking. We'll get to it. So that with song's the dragon's rad. child, which yeah. I remember that it has a pretty catchy chorus, and you kind of remember dragon's child. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the, I don't know. I felt like the song was a little forgettable, which is a shame because a lot Creature, of the stuff was forgettable and boring. Creature except from Dracula. Yeah, Creature from Black Lagoon's like one of my favorite old school horror movies. No, 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 let me guess. Are we at the Iron Maiden cover? Yeah, track eight, Transylvania, the Iron Maiden song. Which, at this point, it literally broke loose from everything else. Everything else has been kind of iced earth, but also proggy. Yeah. 
And then we kind of hear Transylvania, and it's like, okay, this is like Iron Maiden, and I'm like, oh wait, it's just a fucking Iron Maiden song. Yeah, and you know, duh. You know what the funny thing is? I wrote here too. Like we joke about it, but I'm hearing them cover the song, and I'm like, bro, fuck being a Maiden tribute band. This is a Maiden like fucking ripoff band. This sounds like structure wise, a song Schaefer would have written. Hey, you know what's a band that you know a lot of people don't say as that might not say as prog, but is definitely a fucking prog band. Oh, let me think. Um, um, Iron Maiden. Yes. <laughs> fuck. Track nine is called Frankenstein. Here's a, here's a fun fact that pretty much everybody already knows. Frankenstein is not the monster. It's the uh, scientist. The monster has no name. He's just Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Some people consider Frankenstein the first sci-fi novel, actually. I don't know why, but I was you listening. You know what? I can believe it. Because believe me, um, the concept of like, hey, let me get fucking all these like freaking human parts, possibly put it together and then use through the like use electricity to possibly recharge, like reanimate a yeah. freaking dead body. It's fucking metal as fuck, dude. Yeah. Again, That's this- a fucking trippy concept if you actually kind of think about it. No, it is. Yeah. Maybe. You know what? Talk about Frankenstein. The story. It's a lot more interesting this fucking album. This is Except Dracula of, was a sick song. Yeah. This is one of the shortest non-instrumental Iced Earth songs ever. It's three minutes and 50 seconds. Again, it's only all right. I don't know why. Like, the solo section was kind of cool, but whatever. Track 10 is the one we've been talking about. Dracula. Dracula. I wrote here, this song's pretty fucking good. The Dracula, bro. <laughs> yeah, it started off evil and slow with some, like, Pink Floyd bass effects going on in the background. When the heaviness... And when the heaviness came in... And then the fast power metal riff started the bounce to the bounce to the mouth, and it, and it actually felt epic, and I actually started bopping my head. I was like, you know what? You earned that one, Schaefer. That this was a good. This is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Iced Earth is use is okay to whatever, but when they have a good song, they have a good fucking. This was a good song. Yeah, and I think it was the only good song of a very very boring album. <laughs> it was. Are we done yet? <laughs> Last song is Phantom of the Opera, which was almost nine minutes. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember another forgetful song, but I think I remember Nostalgia, it being all right. Hmm. Oh, this one? Actually, I like. I didn't like it as much as Dracula. I actually yeah, like no, this Dracula song. Yeah, no, Dracula's the one song where it's like, okay, we have something here. <laughs> Everything else is just like, for me, it was like, oh, 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 oh. why is I stir such a chore to listen to? <laughs> Oh, God. I feel, oh, why are we on this challenge? Fuck me. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I feel bad, man. You used to love this band. I used to. Here's the thing. I Earth is a great fucking band if you're getting into metal. I can see It's that. a very easy, friendly, like, band, and it can, like, literally, all their, like, playing and influences can, like, go elsewhere. Yes. It's a good, like, <clears throat> journey, like, good starter metal band and stuff, and mm-hmm. honestly, sometimes, freaking, like, you, like, if you're like the fucking band next door, you can like use some of these concepts that this band is doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's like entry level metal band with the rabbit fan base. I feel like Eisters has earned it, but I'm just so not into it anymore. I don't so- like power metal. Like when I was young, power metal was my shit. It's fun. It's like fun. It's fun. Catching when you get into choruses. It. Mm-hmm. It's like friendly to get into. You know what killed power metal for me? And this is the honest to God truth. What killed Power Metal for me was when I actually tried to listen to a Man of War album. Man of War is boring. They're so fucking boring. 
And I like Dio, but I don't really. I know Dio's like the father of power metal. You can say whatever. Well, power metal just comes from like those bands like Dio and Iron Maiden. And some stuff. people even say Judas Priest, but it just it just came from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. specific like band to like you could say. If there's anything, I would say Dio more because yes. power metal's kind of goofy and fantastic and shit. Yes, and Dio has a powerful voice. Yes, but also as a power metal gets proggy because fuck it. Iron Maiden's a huge ass band. Why not try to rip <laughs> off Iron Maiden? Uh, man. Well, it's like I'm not a big fan of Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen Iron Maiden; they throw a great show, oh, they and, and they have timeless songs with like great catchy choruses. But yes, these proggy fucking long like fucking jack jacking yourself off playing, bro. I get it. You can play your fucking. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, 14, 13 minutes, boy. Uh, whatever. Are we done with Icers yet? I just need to talk about Phantom of the Opera. All right. How did the Phantom of the Opera go? It was started off epic battle. Was this the Iron Maiden song? <laughs> that would have been a little better. Maybe. Um, but yeah, um, then, you know, fast part comes in. This is a mid paced verse. They do some cool things with vocal layering and like uh, vocal rhythms and stuff. I liked what they did with the choirs, but also the synths organs. And I didn't look up who it was, but the female vocalist they got on this to do uh, vocals with Barlow, she fucking killed it. Oh, fuck yeah. This is about the female vocalist. I remember yeah. the song being memorable. Yes. Like they had a pretty good cat. Like they're like little like back and forth was kind of sick in the end. Like yeah. I, I'm, I could like it, but I don't like it enough, bro. So yeah. So I wrote here a good way to end the album, but you know, maybe I'm letting your opinion influence me, but I'm really, I'm looking at it now and I'm like this hour long album was kind of sick. Here's the thing. Something wicked was like the last one reviewed. I thought was better than this one. Or at least it was like I no- do and don't. I don't know how. Here's I the thing: the first half wasn't boring with something wicked, but then the second half got boring. Yeah, this was boring. One song, and like it faded out with more boredom. Except something all right. I was gonna say there's only three songs on this 11 track, one hour um, album that I liked, and not and no, well, no, uh, Family Opera was long, but none of them. But it wasn't the big Damien epic, which I feel like Schaefer likes because I feel because I think that's like the, the thing. one I of the only like, songs from this he's played. Here's the thing: we come from something wicked, which I think you can almost say more bare bone, more like traditional pop kind of like songwriting and stuff. A little bit, pretty more straightforward. This album was really, really fucking proggy. <laughs> and I was like, not ready for that. I remember in Nostalgia, I liked this album a lot because I thought there were some sick riffs. There are some good parts. Yes. But then listening back to this album, I was so fucking bored. <laughs> well, don't worry. Bro, we- <laughs> like, fuck. I think I was literally was just like, I'm going to listen to this. I think I remember it being sick. And I'm listening. It's like, fuck, it's so boring and proggy. Then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go listen to like something fresh and exciting. I wouldn't go listen to the last like Code Orange album because fuck it. Oh, underneath. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what do you think is more sick? Underneath or this album? Underneath is one of the best albums I've heard in a long, in like the last 10 years. That felt fun and exciting. <laughs> Good that songwriting. Was Let's fuck it. All that shit. Fuck. Yeah, man. Don't worry. Well, next week we take a break from Earth because we're what? coming back with, I assumed we were because we have two Attack on Titan episodes and the Daisy Love finale. Fuck yeah! You just want to just you don't do you want to listen to any music? 
Well, I figure because we're all, we already have three things to review, and you know that's two anime episodes, which will take a little bit, and then Daisy of Love, which also takes a little bit. So. Okay, no music next week, listeners. Next week, the next week after that, though, we'll be back with the glorious burden. Which, oh yeah, I forgot Can to we mention. Not? Can we take another I Surf break? <laughs> Just one album. I want something more exciting to listen to. I'm but this so is, bored. But this is the album where fucking uh, Schaefer Rip- goes full blue collar, and it's the album about the Civil War with Tim Ripper Owens. Okay, we'll do the Tim no, Ripper no, no, album. No, I'm okay. If you want to take a break, I don't care. <laughs> if you, well, if we do the Tim Ripper album, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to want to take a break Let's after. take the break first. All right. What do we want to do next? I don't know. I just want to listen to fucking dude that has too much sex. Fucking Peter Steele. You want type. to listen to typo negative? Fuck it. Let's just do it. I'm kind of curious if you because we've never really listened to it. No, we haven't. This will actually be exciting. Yeah, something new. Something new. Okay, which album? I think the fucking one I said like the one like they're like the biggest one like everyone listens to like their go to the one with the fucking like chicks like fucking trying to like. Eat each other's faces all sexually and stuff. Oh yeah, was that their first one? It might be. Hold it. Let me give me like find this shit. My internet connection just died in here. All right. Yeah. Bloody kisses. Oh yeah, that one. All right. Well, which one to go with? Fuck. Because yeah, this is gonna suck because it's an hour and thirteen minutes. But there's the top shelf edition, and then there's just the normal one. Let's go with the normal one, because I think there was a lot of censorship, because, like, he likes having too much sex, yo. Yeah, I was just listening to Bloody Kisses. Okay. Oh. All right, let me get There's the There's a song stamp. in here called Kill All the White People. Well, there was a little... Pol- <laughs> I would like to say that freaking Peter Steele, New York hardcore legend, playing CBGBs with carnivore and shit, most likely had a little political sense. Yeah. That sounds about right. He liked to have also a lot of sex, it seemed like. <laughs> well, bro, th- th- this is the picture on his Wikipedia page. Look at that guy. Look at that snarl. He literally just seems like he's like, he's, that's a snarl that he has blue balls. It must be released. Oh my God. In Wikipedia, it has other names he went by. His other names are Lord Petrus Steele. The I thought Bre- you were about to say the- Lord Pee. <laughs> Lord Petra Steele, the Green Man and the Jolly Green Giant. He is a very tall Undertaker looking dude. Genres, gothic metal, doom metal, thrash metal, heavy metal. Oh yeah, I forgot he died. Yes. Yeah, no. Well, he had a lot of sex before he went. I'm sure he's the thing where it's like he had a boner for four hours. But in return, it most likely was an eight hour boner knowing like what I was listening to. All right, let's do Daisy of Love. That's right. Daisy of Love as I get my fucking timestamp o- down. Dude, I always forget how much better it is to watch it on 2B TV because it cuts off three minutes because, you know, it cuts off the, the recap and then the intro and then the commercial. Uh, oh, and then, you know, the, the things, you know, coming up and then stuff like that. But and it's all, and some might say it's only three minutes. Bro, that three minutes is fucked that I don't have to watch the show is heavenly. It's literally it's like three minutes that don't matter. Plus, it's also like they don't bleep out any of the curse words. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty nice for some reason. Yes, I don't know what and it, it also looks good too, because it's like Yeah, it's good really de- good quality. Yeah, and good def- high definition. That's why it's like I watch it on Tubi TV. I think you just didn't watch it because it's like Tubi TV is a bitch to use, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, it worked on my computer, no problem. I have no idea what the fuck I did different. 
Dino Janelle. Like last time I told you, I went on, I turned everything on, and it didn't work. So I turned off all the ad blocks. I did everything it said, and it still didn't work. I turned it on this time. It worked just fine. I don't know. I'm not asking questions. I'm just glad it worked. Yeah, yeah. Now you can fucking watch fucking Daisy Love on 2B TV, bruh. All right. Since you've been doing a lot of the leading, now it's time for me to lead the podcast. Good, my throat hurts. Good, awesome. Yo, there's some like cough drops like back there too, like oh, right behind you, like but behind, behind, behind. Like you're gonna have to like get your dome to turn like an owl's head. Like oh, I oh my neck. All right. Well, no, I don't. I just I I got water. It's good. All right. All well, right. take us through. How this bad boy starts, I might need a cough drop, so grab me that, because my voice is getting, like, pretty hoarsed. So, to recap last time, Daisy almost killed Flex and Chi-Chi in the desert as she rolled over a $100,000 friggin' dude buggy. Sinister and 12-Pack had a dinner date with Daisy, which then, in the end, Daisy took 12-Pack back to her room to most likely have sex, you guys. Sinister was also very bitchy and was very disgusted that, like, he keeps doing a lot for Daisy, but then she keeps hanging out with... Letting dudes like 12 pack bone down with her. So then he went on freaking bitch rage. Also, Chi Chi camped out in front of like by the freaking like Daisy's room while 12 pack and Daisy are boning. <laughs> like, literally, the boning was like only like four minutes, but I'm throwing a lot of emphasis. But then London came back and fucked things up. And Chi Chi got booted off the island. Yeah, poor Chi Chi. His presence was uh, pretty missed in this episode. Not much by the cast. I meant by me. He was a nice guy. Yeah, I know. So go sing the theme, bro. Oh, he loves me. He loves me not. You think you've got the best of me. You think you check this. You'll never get to me. He loves me. He loves me not. You think you got the best of me. You think you got the best of me. Check this. You'll never get to me. Vroom. I hate that song. It's worse, I think, than <laughs> Rock of Love. Oh, yeah, no. Fuck, at least the Rock Love one's a fucking meme. This has no meme qualities. It's just you bad and boring. You party with movie stars. I'm your set. Uh, I forget the lyrics. Oh, no, it's so fucking hilarious because, like, I found out there's a Brett Michaels fucking cologne. Did I, like, share it to the chat? <laughs> No, I don't remember that. Yeah, I think I'm about to share it to the wizard chat. Fucking, there's a link to fucking Brent Michaels Cologne. Talk about the episode. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, whatever. So, freaking, we start with Flex harassing London at the bar. I don't think it's even morning. We just start off with, like, yeah, what kind of stuff ended off last time? Like, right after eliminations. Yeah, and Flex is just harassing London at the bar, trying to, like, haze him and get him off the show. And then 12-pack makes London take a shot of hot sauce. Like, hey, if you want to earn your spot to hang out here, take a shot of hot sauce. Roses and thorns cologne? Yeah. (laughs) I fucking hate you, Brett. Oh, no, so fucking hilarious because I've been trying to, like, I've been, like, harassing my girlfriend threatening to buy that. God, I what. What, what would that even smell like? Oh, no, it's hilarious because let me get my girlfriend's reaction and stuff. Freaking she wrote down, Jesus, his cologne is $55. Yeah. And then she write. then she also writes out with the fucking thing where it says in there, make your perimeter excite and ignite the senses. An exhilarating scent with a mysterious kicker leading to sexy results. Let your reputation, reputation of smell good precede you and get the cologne that both men and women love. Oh my God, who wrote that description? Your reputation of smell good. Ugh. 
Sounds like Karen just convulsed. Yeah, I know. Basically, oh, fuck, I need to pull up notes about Daisy Love. So, yeah, freaking London takes a shot of hot sauce to, like, earn a spot in the house. I know, a lot of fucking trials for him to do there. Yeah. So, whatever. Then the boys head outside to go hang out next to the fire, which you know what that means. Every time people hang out the fire, it gets pretty traumatic. Daisy appears as she just goes, meow. And then Sinister tries to flex up and like on London because freaking like London and Daisy are talking and sitting there. And he's like, Sinister's like, yeah, I know. I want to try to earn my spot and stuff too. And then Sinister's like, yeah, why don't you make a lasagna for seven hours, bro? And he tries to wrap his arm around Daisy, but Daisy just has his face like she's not comfortable with Sinister trying to flex up on London. Yeah. So whatever. Daisy while London's trying, whatever. So basically, yeah. Then Daisy and London go off to go have some one-on-one time, like, down the hill and stuff. And basically, they just, like, you know, talking. They're pretty getting hot and heavy and stuff. And then freaking Sinister appears and stuff. Sorry, I'm just trying to go through my fucking notes. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, London was able to convince Daisy to go off around the hill and have solo talking time. London kind of rambles on, and Daisy just goes on a speech childlike that they get each other and stuff. Sinister appears with a flower that he tries to give to Daisy to try to break this up, but then Daisy just kind of like, well, like, like Daisy just starts making out with London. And then London eats the flower. Like, Daisy makes London eat the flower. And then Sinister's all bitchy because he's like, Sinister's like, dude, I hopped the fence and lost one of my favorite rings that I've had for 12 years to get her a flower. And then she just starts making out with this freaking mohawk guy in front of me. Like, okay. Whatever. So Lennon and like Daisy are making out hardcore to the point where Flex and 12 Pack are like awkward and disgusting and bounce out. Yes. And then we cut into the kitchen where Sinister is throwing another tantrum. Honestly, I think he's pretty justified. I think everyone that's pissed at London's a little justified. Oh, and then Flex yeah. Is like, when you've dealt with the shit Dave dealt with and then fucking London just pops up. Right. And then Flex is like, Sinister, stop well, looking. Just any fucking dude just pops up with the fucking like, oh, instant cheat code. <laughs> like we've been kind of struggling, but oh, here comes this challenge. Yeah, here comes fucking London with the up, down, up, down, A, B, start. So, uh, oh wait, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, yeah. So, Flex is like, yo, Sinister, stop looking so dumb. Who gives a fuck about London? He's a douchebag. And then Sinister <laughs> says, you want to see some punk rock? We'll get some punk rock right here. You want to so, see some punk? So, what does this bitchy man do? He takes one of the guitars on the wall and then walks out, breaks the guitar in front of Daisy in London, and throws it into the pool. 12-pack and Flex are chilling like bros on countertops. And 12-pack... Well, they also, like, when he smashes the guitar and walks away, he's also trying to moon Daisy in London. Great way to <laughs> fucking try to win over Daisy, bro. Oh, my God, man. That was funny. And twelve and then twelve packs laugh because he's like, like, dude, twelve pack and flex are just laying the fuck out on these just kitchen counters. Mad chilling. Like literally, these kitchen counters are just no different than couches to them right now. Yeah, it's great. And then twelve packs like, I think Sinister realizes his time is coming. And then yeah, he wrecks the place. He throws shit. He even breaks a camera. Yeah, he throws something and breaks a camera. And he's like, oh shit, bro, by accident. Now it's the next morning. Sinister is nervous about his stunt, basically. And yeah, about they- breaking stuff and being angry and possibly leaving a bad impression on Daisy. Yeah, sure. You know what? Coming out, breaking guitar and start mooning Daisy while she's trying to have one-on-one time with London. Great impression, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. You seem like a you see you seem like you have such a big PP. So there was a fucking diary. Yeah. And I didn't bother writing notes. I did. All right. You are way more of a trooper than I am. <laughs> 
Sorry, Dude, it's not like fucking <laughs> shitty rhymes like Brett Michaels, bro. Like, yeah, no, it's just it's, it's not just even noteworthy. Plot. It's just plot. It's just plot and just fucking cringe from a 26-year-old fucking lady. Dear Diary, I'm so nervous. There are only four... Oh. Okay. I'm so nervous. There are only four guys left in the house and two tickets to the finals. With such little time left, it seems like I've only focused on my future with the guys and forgot to look into their past. And then I guess 12-pack, because 12-pack knows the game. He, like, points a finger gun at Flex. He's like, told you. And Flex is like, suck my dick. Yeah. Suck my dick. <laughs> and he's just sitting there and like, well, 12-pack has a flashback from I Love New York when his ex-girlfriend appeared. And then she told New York that Twirlpack works out at works at Feathers, which it, is a gay bar. Yeah, and then basically bringing it. So basically today, Daisy's bringing the ex girlfriends, and no one's really like a lot of the dudes aren't stoked. Well, like Twirlpack knows. Yeah, it's kind of funny though because they show the clip from I love from uh, I love New York and. Uh, his ex at the time was like, oh, yeah, my parents full on think th- think he's gay. And then he uh, mentions how as soon as his girlfriend came out, he was out the door on that show. And I just I wrote here in my notes because which is awful if you're in the early 2000s. I, rem- I remember seeing so many on like sitcoms and shit at the time. Like if it turned out someone was gay and they either didn't tell someone or they were whatever, then the, then the main characters just act like that was the worst offense ever. It was funny. Whatever. So, yeah, with 12-pack getting supposedly saying he worked at Feathers, but which in reality, hey, he John's worked- a job, man. Yo, he didn't work at Feathers. He kind of was near, he was working somewhere near Feathers. Oh, okay. So his yeah, but if you're working near a gay bar and you're a hot buff dude, <laughs> showing off your freaking, like, showing off your sick bod in a freaking, like, leopard yeah. speedo. They might just assume, hey, I think he works at a gay bar. Plus, also, a bitchy, angry ex-girlfriend most likely wants to bury him. Uh, so, and Sinister's nervous especially because in his past relationships, he says suck because he says he wasn't the best guy on them. London doesn't seem too nervous and neither does Flex. So they go talk to Daisy and she breaks the news that two of them are going home. And then she brings out the Because there's accents. only two tickets yeah. to Maui, you guys. Maui. So yeah, she brings out Sinister's ex, Ashley. And I wrote here, of course it's an Ashley. Big stilettos, tight leather pants. Literally, Ashley, when she came out, was just like, Look like she should have been on Brett's show. Yes. Or it was just like, hey, look, she just looks like Daisy, bro. <laughs> Same style, everything. Big fucking wood. I think Sinister has a type. Sinister says he's been honest but not precise about his past. So next is 12 packs. Who's 12 packs? Kathy. Apparently they go all they're like best friends. They go all the way back to the sixth grade. And they've like hooked up like maybe a couple times. But other than Makes that, sense. just chilling buddies. So it's like, yeah. oh dude, Troll Packs has it easy. Next is Flex's ex-girlfriend, older looking gal with a tramp stamp that kind of looks like Godsmack's logo. Well, her name was She looks older, but they're about the same age. Yeah. Her name is Kia. Kia. I don't know why I'm I don't know why I missed that. He doesn't look happy, uh, which Ricky Rackman even notes who's there too. He says our relationship was great, but she knows some dirt. Basically, and then now there's London's ex, who isn't actually an ex. It's his good friend Natasha. Yeah, which gets an oh shit out of him, and she comes out. He's like going oh shit, bro, no way. She kind of looks like every other girl at the time, which was the girls were trying to look like the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold. Nah, bro, she fucking had like the friggin' like dude. She is total fucking glam, like she's glam mama, bro. Oh, dude, like fucking, she had the sensor bar fucking leather short skirt, uh-huh. knee high fucking leather freaking high heel boots. I'm not gonna fucking wa- midriff for days. <laughs> the fucking like teased up glam mama hair, like literally, it's like his thing about London. They say he's punk rock, but it's like we've listened to his BAM. 
band, <laughs> and also he's wearing a fucking glam night shirt. I think he plays glam metal. That was Daisy, though. She thought he looked like a London punk rocker. Yeah, well, Daisy's an idiot. <laughs> for, star- for starters. Like, I'm not gonna like lie. Mohawk's an easy style, but yeah. whatever. London is basically a fucking glam daddy. I thought Natasha li- was uh, the hottest one. Yes. She Natasha was totally was like, hey, let's go fucking do rails of cocaine in the bathroom at Applebee's, <laughs> and then let's get a fucking quickie behind the dumpster, bro. Like, literally, it's just like... And it's funny because uh, Ricky makes the note. He's like, he seemed pretty happy to see your ex, you know, probably trying to use that. And he's like, oh, well, she's not my ex. She's my good friend. And then Flex is like, what the fuck is this? And then I'm thinking, what the fuck s- is this? I get my fucking ex-girlfriend who's going to give me dirt and maybe <laughs> yeah. a hard time. And then you just get your good freaking hot buddy up in here. I'm thinking to myself, no, this shit feels so rigged. I just know I just freaking Natasha showed up and I just like, I don't know if there was it. But I'll just say it anyway. I'm just going to presume Daisy felt threatened by Natasha walking in. A little bit. Maybe. So then uh, Daisy treats the girls to lunch. Well, they- Natasha looks more normal than Daisy. Yeah. So then she treats the girls to lunch. Um, the idea was... Actually, Natasha's look was sick. Daisy's look is so goofy. <laughs> no, I told you. Ash, uh, Ash, Natasha was the I best looking one. I literally was just like, you know what? No, honestly, I'm pretty down with Natasha's forget it, forgotten glam metal fucking mama look with, the, with them sick boots, yo. So, so next is uh, now they have lunch because Daisy's idea is she wants to talk to him before the boys. Like can literally, get to her. it's like, dude, she just took him outside right then and there. Yeah, like no time for the boys to actually say what's up with them and stuff. Yeah. It's like, nope, I want the dirt now. All right, ladies, let's go get some munchins. What was the dirt on this lunch? You get any good notes? Uh, let's see what my fucking speech to text has. Why don't you just type it? Are you a slow typer? Yes. Oh. (laughs) There's a difference between taking an hour and a half to two hours to do an episode to an hour to do an episode. That's fair. So Daisy gets the girls out instantly, like, like questions them at lunch. (laughs) That, that's what happened. That's not incorrect. Yeah. She instantly questions them at lunch. So today, today, take a breath. Today, the first ask. So the first ass. Yeah. So Daisy first asked Kathy about 12 pack. If he is sketchy or something, but Kathy literally says, no, he's straightforward. Like you would think maybe the show would do like all this TV stuff would make him crazy, but he's a pretty chill, humble dude. He ain't like going out freaking getting on with a bunch of chicks. So the next is Natasha. I wrote here in my notes. I'm like, bro, I'm starting to fall in love with 12 pack. Dude, 12 pack's just so chilling. <laughs> so Natasha, like the good friend she is, like yeah. an actual true good friend, spills the beans that London's like, you know what? Like, yeah, when he came home and stuff, he was like seeing a chick and admits that, you know what? He's kind of a sex addict. He needs to like get on with a chick pretty constantly. Yeah. And it's still like, Daisy's <sighs> like, what? Oh my I God. like sex, but the attic part, I- I'm not uh, down uh, with uh, that. Uh, 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 so I think we're just about to say, you know what? Maybe London pulls a lot of chicks. Yeah, I mean he is a good-looking guy. Yeah. So the next like, is uh, to the point where like Sinister's so mad that he's in big, like good, decently sized new metal band dope. Yeah. But London just comes off with way more raw sexual charisma, and he's just so mad. Speaking of Sinister, what his ex say? Well, she doesn't say anything yet. Exactly. So next, is, so next uh, is Kia, and she yeah. talks about Flex, and they basically they were in a late relationship, and it's cool, and like they had a pretty cool relationship, but then it kind of just got awkward out, and they had to break up. So now Rackman asked Kathy, oh, wait, 
That's Kathy, 12 packs. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. Here's the thing what my freaking, like, text says. Like, so Rockman asked Kathy, 12 packs X, the sci-fi, like, picked up a lot of shakes back in high school. But he says, like, now, he's mostly kind of, like, picked up more tricks from television than, like, in early life. Again, that's not incorrect. Like, Rackman asks Kathy, I think I already said it earlier, if he picks up a lot of tricks from the Stevie thing in, like, yeah, in yeah. high school. And he's like, no. He's pretty chilling for the most part. Not gonna lie. He's yeah. pretty awesome. So Ashley asks, basically, like, so they ask Ashley about Sinister, and she said they dated for six months, but he never really did anything wrong, so that's why they're kind of still good friends. Yeah. But Daisy gets a vibe that Ashley's being kind of defensive and possibly hiding something. So Daisy go back to Natasha about London. And about the first time he had a fucking temper tantrum with the show and basically him le leaving. But then Natasha reiterates that, like, he's a very flustered, bitchy dude. But she that means he likes you, though. Yeah, that's what she says. She's like, oh, yeah, he does that sometimes. That means he likes you. And I'm like, yeah, if he gets all flustered and gets all annoyed and goes, Hara, it's like, I think he really, really likes a chick. I think he really, really likes you. Cool, dude. So Rackman breaks down the information that he picks up. So first is that... So he feels that like, well, what I got from him is that Flex is supposedly a freaking like creepy guy that likes to play Heartbreaker in, in mind games. I don't know about 12 that. 12-pack is the most perfect person in the world. <laughs> and London could be possibly a sex maniac and may still have a girlfriend. So whatever, lunch is kind of done. Yeah. But then Ashley wants to pull Daisy to the side personally. Because then Ashley, Ashley asks, if Sinister done anything kind of rough or kind of aggro and then we get flashback of sinister mooning in his bitchy rage breaking a guitar going like what you want fucking punk rock i got you fucking punk rock it's kind of funny because when she asks that daisy gives like this dramatic gasp the way they cut it she's like, like has no, he ever he's done so anything sweet she's like has he ever done anything rough and daisy goes <gasps> it's like are you fucking kidding me so ashley Basically, kind of just, I think it just comes down like Ashley and Sinister were drunk really one time. And basically, she says that, you know what? He hit me once. Yeah. Might have smacked her across the face when they got drunk. When they got drunk. And it's like, oh my God, what? He Sinister smacks women, bro? <laughs> I'm like, fuck, that's not looking good for this guy. Yeah. But yeah. it happened like one time, and Daisy's like, you know what? I'm getting really concerned about his temper tantrums. And, and Ashley made sure to point out that she does believe it was an accident. Yeah. I mean, that still sucks, but... But she also, like, most likely point out, it's like, this guy gets kind of fucking, like, small pee-pee energy and gets aggro easily. That's going to be our first t-shirt, bro. Small pee-pee energy. Um, so now Daisy brings yeah. her own personal... Oh, now it's time for the next thing. So Ricky and Daisy... Peace out. And she's saying in her talking heads, she's like, I think the most, the best, most logical way to figure this out is to have a psych reading. So Daisy brings in her psychic. Her personal psychic. And Rackman says the best thing. It's official. I am in hell. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. <laughs> I'm like, ha ha ha. Suck it, Rackman. <laughs> Suffer. Suffer for my entertainment, you so, fucking tool. So. Um, like, Rackman still comes off as the biggest tool out of all these dudes. No, he really does. Like, like he's, like. If he didn't, like, become a born again. Like, he's not season one yeah. recap episode Rackman, where it, that was the fucking worst. Worst. 
Like season two recap, he sucked. But he was a little better. Like so far this show, he has times where he's really Rackman, but it's like the most blip. Everything yeah. else, he's just trying to play voice of reason. Yeah. But honestly, when he said he was in officially in hell, I laughed. That was funny. Suck it. Honestly, Ricky Rackman strikes me as the person where if he didn't like turn his life around, become born again Christian or whatever, he'd totally be one of those like old boomer dudes that 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 rants about cancel culture, even though he probably doesn't actually know what that is. It's be like these damn snowflakes. For real Z's. So yeah, she pulls in the uh she pulls in um the boys so and their her ex one Lori. by one. Yeah, Lori. They pull in the boys and their exes one by one. So first is twelve pack and Kathy. She basically feels like in a past life it's funny, because twelve pack's like, I don't believe in all this psych stuff. And then he and then she says, I feel like in a past you know, life. Good, good, good. We're getting some good information here. Yeah, she's like, I feel like was responsible and when it was a responsible person. And this was funny. Um because after that, he's like, yeah, I'm about it. But then she's, Daisy asks. Well, like, literally could, the psychic says, like, that, you know what, the 12-pack, you're caring, you're a provider. Uh-huh. Like, you literally take care about, you take care of your people. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, she's saying, 12-pack, you're awesome. Yeah. All right, listeners, we are back as we dropped out. Fuck. That was a while back. We were talking well, shit. Well, <laughs> after 12-pack, because, like, literally the hands of face said that he's awesome and shit. Yeah, like, and, then da- and then Daisy asked Lori the psychic, hey, would 12-pack ever hurt me? And Lori's like, bro, you would be the one that hurts him. It's like, bro, Daisy, you're the dirtbag, and he's too awesome for you. Yeah. Next was uh, Flex. Run through Flex Flex and Kia, which basically the psychic asked, like, you know what? You guys have a really, really strong relationship bond. I'm sensing a lot with you guys. And literally it's like, they like go on a thing where it's like, well, we tried to rekindle our relationship like not too long ago and stuff. And it kind of just didn't work out and stuff. And then basically she's just like, then Kia goes like, well, we hooked up, but then I try to talk to him again. And he just like freaking like ghosted me, which then she just buries flex for being an asshole. But then I also stated that Flex in an interview with Reality Graveyard said, like, dude, they brought in my girlfriend from college that cheated on me. So, yeah, which I said that sucks for him. But also, like, he didn't say that at all on the show. But that's because VH1 is a dick. Yeah. So next is London. And this was uh, I was sitting here as like the chicks in Reality Graveyard with their lady intuition said that freaking the psychic goes like, oh, so this is London. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, dude, we're just going like, dude, the psychic wants London's pee-pee, bro. Like, she wants some of that freaking glam daddy all up in her business. And That's stuff. what you said they said. Yeah, so well, basically. I'm like saying in James style, but they literally yeah. says like, oh, dude, this psychic got hot and bothered. Like, she was stoked to see some London. So London, she basically feels, she says that London loves and appreciates women. She loves, he, she like, feels she he loves like, the You love sex. and appreciate women. Like, love and appreciate. It's like, well, yeah. I'll you love. know, friends with benefits shit. And she's, she, she asks Well, like, about, then like, Rackman goes like, yeah, friends with benefits or something. Just yeah. basically breaks out like, you're <clears throat> sex addict, bro. <laughs> So, and then she makes it this thing of like, well, if I send uh, Daisy starts talking to him and she's like, well, she makes it this weird thing where it's like, well, if I send you home, you're just going to go back to her. And he's like, what? He's like, like what? He's, he's no. like, he's like, that means, well, he's like, that means you don't want me here. So it's yeah, like, yeah but, that shows, but that shows that you don't want me here. I came back for you. Yeah, exactly. And stuff like I came back here for you. And like, well, you left. It's like, I left first time because I thought this was kind of fake. 
And I didn't want to, and I'm like, why would I want to chase something that I just feel like isn't going to go nowhere? Yeah. That's just feel like totally fake. I just wasn't vibing and I left and stuff. Well, you saw like, it's like, well, you were like seeing people home. It's like, yeah, I saw someone, but then I realized, you know what? I actually do like Daisy. I guess Daisy doesn't know what casual sex is because that's basically what they, they don't say that, but that's what this is about. Yeah. So then she comes back and so, yeah, no, she throws like a, she She throws throws a bitch fit and leaves. And everyone in the room is annoyed with her, especially Rackman. Yeah, but there was like one point, one moment where she just asked about London, and it's like, you know what? I feel like, like this guy right here, if he chooses you, he chooses you. Like he's yes. not playing around. Like, yeah, he might be seeing one having casual sex, but like literally, he chooses you. This is like honestly the best bet right here out of my psychic readings. Yeah, but if not, but that wasn't good enough for Daisy. Yeah, it's not good enough for Daisy. But it's like, well, Daisy, that's good exact- enough for you, fucking Lori, your boy. <laughs> Oh, God. I want some of this London, bruh. Yeah, dude. Uh, Lori London, OTP. So oh, then, yeah. So then uh, Daisy comes back, and he's like, look, I'm not perfect, hey, all right? I can imagine London being a total MILF rider. Oh, fuck, I could. I don't know why, but I could, too. So he Daisy comes, comes off <laughs> like that. It's like... He's just sitting there. It's like, dude, I fucking sing for fucking chilling glam rock band. We sound like Guns N' Roses, and we got chicks like Natasha popping up at our shows. Fuck, dude. Who wouldn't be fucking snorting lines and getting it on behind dumpsters? So Daisy comes back, and London's like, look, man, I'm not perfect, all right? And then Lori says, um, and then Lori says the stuff you just said like, if he chooses her. he's ride or die. Yeah. So London th- is ride or die. And then Daisy's, Daisy. And then Daisy's response, paraphrasing. But Daisy's response, great. My psychic thinks that the homeless sex addict is my best match. Go figure. And she shrugs. I'm like, is that really your takeaway from this? I think Daisy's kind of being a tool right there. Now it's sinister. And I've been meaning Ashley. to uh, Now it's sinister and Ashley. And I've been meaning to say this all episode. This episode should have been called Sinister Gets Buried. Because right now, at this very moment, Sinister gets buried. To par- uh, to summarize, she basically says that Sinister is a bad boy. Oh, and Daisy- he's a bad Like She's flapping, just throwing down the Tatra cards. And going, mm, yeah. He's a bad boy. She's getting another lady boner. And then Daisy, and then she says, Daisy, yeah, but will not have like to London compromise. lady boner. Like, it's like she's about to sabotage Daisy to get fucking some London. Yeah. And then, uh, and then basically, Daisy will have to compromise a lot. And then Daisy asks about the night. Where he hit uh, Ashley, and he's like, "No, it was an accident." And Lori's like, "I believe him. I believe he would not do that." But yeah, I would not believe. Like, obviously, he he's an angry bitch boy, yes. but fucking like he was hammered. I think, and he literally says like, "We were playing a little rough," and like I accidentally smacked her. And yeah, but basically, the summary is is that Sinister is basically her her worst pick, and with him, she would actually have to do work. Like literally, it's like you have to compromise for him, and he's not going to compromise for you. Which I feel like that's probably not true, but whatever. So then, yeah. So now everyone is hanging out outside. I don't know. He's playing bass for dope, bro. So if yeah. he's trying to play like new metal musician, I'm sure like Daisy would have to deal with that fucking bullshit. So yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, not too far off. Yeah, but the guys from Dope actually don't seem like they're dickheads. You saw how Edsel responded to Rob Flynn being a dickhead. Yeah, but also like anyone could sound good sound responding to Rob Flynn's fucking dickheadery. Too true. So now they're outside, right? 
Where the fuck am I? Yeah, so everyone's now having a fucking mixer party in the backyard around the fire. Everything's going down. Freaking Kia and Flexor just are kind of hanging out and talking. Like, honestly, they're just kind of sitting there just rekindling their friendship, I think one of them says. Yeah. Like, literally, they're just having fun because, like, dude, like, they've had a relationship before. And it's like, honestly, it's like, I'm sure they like, like being friends. Kia then tells Flex about, like, how London's like, oh, he's possibly dating someone. Oh, and Flex runs with that. He goes to tell... The first thing he does oh, is tell 12-pack. He 12 runs pack. to his buddy 12-pack. He's like, oh my God, 12-pack. <laughs> I got news. He's like, yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> London might have a girlfriend. And 12-pack's oh, like, what? What? And then Ricky Rackman... bro? What? And then Ricky Rackman thinks it'd be a great idea to get these 10 tipsy people all around by the fire. And what he wanted to do, he asked, okay... So which of the girls thinks their guys is be- and right there? Flex was like, "Hey, by the way, London, you got that? You got that? Ex- you got that girlfriend over there in New York? Just check him." Yeah, hey, you got that girlfriend <laughs> over in New York? Just you know, just check in. And Flex is trying to just call out London, say he's got a chick back Flex in. Flex went so London fucking hard, and London's like, "No, dude, I do not." And oh, so and London, then like London's friends like comes in and just saying, "It's like, no, dude, he's just there's difference between like you know being in a relationship and you know just seeing a chick." Like, and then Flex is like, you're his fucking friend. Let's get course, my friend in here. Yeah, get my friend in here. Shit, they'll defend <laughs> me too. What up? And it's like, oh, dude, they're, yeah, this is the angriest we've seen like, Flex. Flex is and he's getting going super off. aggro. Like, dude, he's ready to punch out London. And he's London, like, fuck you, London. It's a fuck you, London. And London's like, yo, fuck you, dude. It's like, I'll fucking punch you out. And London's like, do it, bro. I'm fucking scared to get punched, bro. And then it's funny because then, because uh, then Daisy tries to like call me. Like, guys, stop it. <laughs> Stop! Please stop! And then, like, fucking... Yeah. Did someone eat shit over the table? Who was the person that ate shit over the table? It was Kia. Or Kaya? Yeah, like, Kia. Flex's ex. Yeah, Flex's ex, Kia, is a little drunk, and, like, she kind of, like, gets up to, like, do, like... And then everyone laughs, and then they're uh, chill again. Like, the, like the mood settles out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the ex-girlfriends now leave, but Daisy ch- friggin' chases down Kia. And then Daisy asks Kia, is like, well, if I send Flex home, are you gonna, like, want to try to, like hook up with like hook up with him and stuff and try to like become boyfriend girlfriend again or something and she's like nah dude like literally the way he looks at you how he used to look at me like he is totally like in love with you or i wouldn't par se like love love love's kind of strong word but you know what he's really down for you and stuff i like sense that i'm a little jelly not gonna lie (laughs) so daisy freaking is like Sitting there, like, I don't, I gotta, like, go through the nuts, like, notes again, but freaking, so Daisy's asked freaking Troll Pack why it's being quiet on what's, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no be- she asks, yeah, why Troll Pack's being quiet, and he's like, I'm pissed off, oh, I'm just pissed so off, so she asks him what's up, and 12 Pack is like, look, London's a great guy, but it's your choice whether or not to get involved with his shit, sister, I don't even know which girl here was his, and Flex, Flex is great, but he looked like he wanted to make out with his ex, and then London tries to get big pee-pee energy, because he's like, bro, throwing guys under the bus is small pee-pee energy, bro, and then he's like... <laughs> And then London's like, hey, man, I didn't like it when you guys were yelling at my friend. And Flex is like, hey, at least you had a friend here. And then Flex calls uh, London a faggot, yep. which hurt because I like Flex. But you know what? I'm not saying it's okay. 
but different time. Different times. Different time. Oh, like, he I does it like twice. Oh, yeah. He no, like he's straight up just like straight up angry, just like calling him like freaking calling him like that word. I don't want to say it. Yeah. So London. I don't feel comfortable saying like. Yeah. I'm I, say never, I never liked that word back then. I threw around other words back then, but that word never sat right with me. I can only say it if it's in a context like this of, oh, that person said Yeah, it. but it was a pretty common insult back then. But, oh, yeah. Especially then. Uh, was it? Oh, yeah. So, uh, like I said, that hurt hearing Flex say that. But then London's like, fuck you. And Flex is like, fuck you. And Daisy's like, calm down. Like, she settled down to the boys and then asked, like, all right, if I was to pick someone to go to Maui with me, yeah. who am I pick? Who would you want to be really, there? Really quick, funny thing. This part and then the part where they where Flex was yelling at London earlier when all the girls were there, there's shots of Sinister just laughing his ass off the entire time. He's and a sinner. He's like, oh, hey, it's not, the tension's not on me, guys. I'm not going home. Like, yeah. look at it. These guys are being total fucking idiots. I'm safe now. Yeah, so she asked the question, who should go to the final two? Flex is like 12-pack because he has his shit together. Sinister's like 12-pack because he's the most well, no, stable like, one. Flex says, like, I fucking hate him, yeah. but I like 12-pack because he's got his shit together. Sinister's like 12 12 pack because he's the most stable one, and London says 12 pack too. And like, I think Sinister fits her lifestyle more, but like 12 pack is just like he's more of a cool dude. And then Daisy's just straight up like, all right, cool. 12 pack. 12 pack's going to the finals. And then 12 pack just fucking just like, <laughs> he looked like he was lift gonna his fall. arms up, had the weight of the world relieved off him, and he's like, bro. bro. <laughs> oh, no way. I'm going to the finals. I didn't think I would make it this far. Oh, bro. Oh, my God, dude. He's just like, and all the dudes go like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so now it's elimination. What is that? What is done? What has happened? Oh, shit. This is this the this episode turned out pretty good, honestly. So Daisy then tells Trollpack he's going to Maui with her tomorrow. So Daisy continues to question London about him supposedly dating a chick and stuff like in elimination. Like she's questioning London about him like seeing a chick, and London's like sitting there's like, dude, he's like, dude, there's a difference between seeing a chick and, and like dating I'm, them. Yeah, and like I'm here for you, Daisy. Why did I come back? Flex if Flex tries to call bullshit on that, but like then bullshit. Once you get off out of here, you're gonna go back and most likely get in some threesome, hot boy. And then Daisy's exact words, more or less, are is I have strong feelings for you, and I'm scared you're gonna hurt me. But fuck it. But I wanna take that chance. You're coming to Maui. I Her logic is he's been seeing someone, but hey, I've been seeing like 19 other guys, so hey. Stones at glass houses. I'm like, I can't tell if I hate or love that logic. Because <laughs> it's not wrong. It's like, oh, he's like seeing someone else, but it's like, I've been smashing face with a lot of different dudes. <laughs> it implied that I bone fucking 12 pack. Yeah, yeah, And while yeah. London's off and gone, like back at home, it's like, I'm sure he got it almost. Well, yeah, he did get it almost someone. Yeah, yeah. That's a fact. Like he said that in an interview, like during that time, it's like he was off and it's like, oh yeah, got almost someone. So uh, Flex is bummed out, but he's like, hey, I gave it, it like, my best yeah, shot. Yeah, no, him is Sinister. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, Flex is like, you know what? I gave it my best shot. Sinister like, I can sit here and be just like all bitchy sad and stuff too, but it's like, you know what? I knew I put in the best effort I can. And Sinister's destroyed. He's basically like, after all I did and London just waltzes in, this is shit. So yeah, Daisy calls out Sinister. Well, actually, before that, she's like, she's like, uh, I forget exactly what she says, but she says she's gonna break the rules because she has such a strong connection with them. But yes, as a consolation, oh, yeah, I might have jumped ahead. She sorry. does call down Sinister, who starts crying, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I just have a stronger connection." 
connection with all of them. And in the talking head, she feels she says she may have made a mistake, but it's what's best for him. And then Sinister, you know, he's crying as he leaves. He says he hopes someone out there will appreciate him for who he is. And Wait, I, did we just get on the Sinister elimination? I totally like spaced out. I'm no, because yeah, because that's what happened. Yeah, you like you got to the part where like he's all crying and like yeah. Daisy like kicked it off, but she's like honestly, I've been kind of like stringing him along for too long because mm-hmm. I thought like I didn't want to hurt him but I'm just hurting him more yeah. and not because of the stipulations of the show where it's like you have to eliminate one person per show so and he's and, and he, he basically out survived oh, Chi Chi yeah. but now it came down it's like yeah you're still in the same position you get up or lower you're done you're the lowest on the ranking and get out of here and then he no walk, Maui trip for you and then he walks out he's crying he says he hopes someone out there will appreciate him for who he is and I said yes uh, Sinister he will and his name is Edsel Doe and Chi Chi and Chi Chi yeah Chi Chi don't worry you'll go back to Chicago you'll get big get, hugs you'll get big hugs from Chi Chi go on a drinking binge and then go continue playing in dope so then yeah uh, to finish up the episode here uh, then she calls out she tells Flex basically yeah you're coming to Maui with us yeah and then Flex is like bro what I was like yeah that's my show I'm gonna break the rules and Rackman's like right, okay looks like Flex is going to Maui guys Dude, I'm kind of happy for him I don't know really when it happened but bro bro Flex beat like Went from being kind of a funny, snarky guy in the background to he he's like one of my favorite guys on the show. Hey, dude. So now our final three of yeah. London, 12-pack, and Flex. And Flex. And in the end credits, we got Sinister and the boys dorking around where Sinister puts a trash bag over him and then Flex starts carrying around and spinning him. Yeah. Next time is the finale of fucking Daisy of Love. Yeah, man. Um, and then we'll be back with two Attack on Titan episodes. Oh, yeah. No, next week's going to be epic. I have to fucking piss and homeboy Dylan's here. So yeah. any last things you want to say before we shut this bad boy off? Nah, just as usual. Uh, thanks for watching. Adios. Watching, listening. You know what's yeah, good. Well, listening. Yeah, watching with your ears, bro. This is the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your host, James Edward. Have a good one. Have a good night.